Hello, everyone, and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. Our guest today is Olivia Taboo, a teacher at Allgood Elementary School. Olivia, welcome to Local Matters. Thank you for having me. So how long have you been teaching at Allgood Elementary School? This is my fifth year at Allgood Elementary School. Really? Is it, Now, mm-hmm. is this your first place to teach? Yes. Okay. My only place I've ever taught, yeah. Oh, wow. And now what grade do you teach? I teach first grade. Have you always taught first grade? No. So I've taught first grade and I've taught second grade oh. at Allgood Elementary. Okay. So you probably came in teaching second grade, moved to first grade? No, I actually started in first, and then I ended up in second, and then I got put back in now first. Now you're back in first. Okay. Yeah. Well, which do you like better, first grade or second grade? Love the firsties. <laughs> Love those first graders. They're awesome. Now, yeah. what is it about first grade that you like? I love their desire to learn. In first grade, it's very new and exciting, and you're teaching them how to read and do math. And second grade is very deep, and everything is explaining why they're doing what they're doing. And I don't like to do that myself, so it's hard to teach that when they don't they don't want to do that. Yeah. Now, so. did, was it, has it always been your goal to teach, like, first or second grade? Um, Really, anywhere K-4 was... I mean, my goal, I love I love elementary kiddos and students. I had residencies in kindergarten, and so I really thought that's where I was. I would love it. And then when I got a job at Allgood, first grade was the spot they had for me, and I'm so grateful that that's <laughs> where it is, not kindergarten. Now, you kind of told us the difference in first and second grade, but what's the difference in kindergarten and first grade? So kindergarten, everything is new for them as well, but they're learning how to do school. So how to walk in a straight line and eat in the cafeteria (laughs) and, you know, write their name on their paper. By first grade, they have those basic skills and they're ready to read and, you know, write complete sentences. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, how many students do you have in your class? I have 17 in my classroom this year. Okay, But now, how's sickness been going? I mean, I'm sure this is like a rough time of the year. Yeah, it uh, it comes and goes. Like, I mean, some days I have lots out and some days very few. Um, right now I've had more out than I've had in a while. Yeah. For sure. Now, how does that change up your, your you know, your plan that, you know, that you do every day? I mean, what does that do to your preparation? Yeah, um, certainly lots of work for those kiddos to do at home because every day is jam-packed full with things that we have to stay on the pacing guide and do what we're we need to do to get all of our standards taught by the end of the year. So definitely communicating with those parents that have kiddos that are out, especially when they're out for extended periods of time, um, anywhere more than two days, it's very hard for them to get caught up. So yeah, just giving them that time at home to do what they need to do. And now what kind of communication do you have with the parents? I mean, um, do you send them emails? Do you call them? I mean, how, how effective is the communication? Yeah. Um, I call several parents um, on and off throughout the year, um, but I mainly use an app. It's called Remind. Yeah. It's a simple app. We can just go back and forth and communicate through a text message um, type platform, and that's really nice for them and myself um, to communicate in that way. So that that's something that I typically use. Um, yeah. So like uh, say today you had some students out. What were some of the things that you worked on that you'll have to get them caught up on? Yeah. So, for example, in math, we're working on um, subtracting tens. So, like 80 minus 
40, what would that equal? Um, so that skill for sure with subtraction, that's a big standard in first grade that they know how to properly do that. You're subtracting tens in first grade. Yeah. I think it was like high school when I was doing that. No, I'm just, I mean, but seriously, it didn't seem like it was first grade yeah. that you're subtracting tens. Yeah, they're learning all kinds of things. And of course, when they're sick and they're at home, um, they don't get to use the same manipulatives or resources that we're using at school. So right. they're kind of, their parents are teaching them the way that they know. And so sometimes when it gets to a test or the questions are worded funny, it's like, what do we do on this one? Yeah. Um, so that's always a challenge, but um so there was that skill that we learned today. We learned um, WR makes the er sound. And so that's a big <laughs> one because uh, that's today's the only day that we teach that. Okay. And so for them coming back, knowing that WR says er is going to be <laughs> a fun <laughs> thing for them, especially when they get a spelling list next week that has those on there and they weren't here today. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a skill as well that they're going to have to makeup. So do you have the parents work with them on that or is that something when they come back you'll have to take like a planning period and call them out and just kind of help them catch up on something um, like that? Where as we don't have a lot of time for me to pull them in small groups because sure. we're constantly moving um, it's typically something that I let the parents um, do and typically we have some type of independent practice based on it. So the parents can see the independent practice and know hey this is a skill that my child needs to know. And so that's typically really helpful for the parents to have something to look at. Yeah. All right. So with the beautiful weather this week, are the kids more antsy to get outside and play? Is there some spring fever in the air? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) And two weeks being away from spring spring break. break, They are talking about spring break every day, how how they're excited about it or what they're going to do. Um but yeah, the beautiful weather today it has them ready to be outside for sure. And the or teachers too, I'm says, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the teachers love the beautiful weather. All right, so what does first grade recess look like? First grade recess looks like a free for all. Um <laughs> they're running around everywhere on everything. Um lots of I will say, though, like lots of building peer-to-peer relationships. You see lots of that at recess. Conflict resolution in first grade is a big deal, yeah. especially um, with our athletic boys who like to, man, football is a big deal out there in, <laughs> in the first grade recess time. So right. we see lots of, you know, conflict resolution or them working things out. And so recess is fun. It's fun to watch them and run around and play and be themselves and not have to be so school related. Who knew that you'd be using the term conflict resolution in the first grade? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what does conflict words. resolution look like in the first grade? Whew, um, well, sometimes <laughs> it is it is like, hey, bro, you took that from me. Please give it back. And it is like, okay, sorry. And then other times it's very um, in your face. Yeah. Um, from students mad at other students and girl drama definitely got the girl drama that goes on no in you first don't grade. Not in first grade. oh no, yeah no, no oh yeah we got the sassy the oh, sassiness no. but um whew, yeah <laughs> for them that looks a lot like apologizing for the words that they say to each other yeah. and hey i didn't realize that hurt your feelings like it did and we see that a lot too and so that's sweet that they you know kind of learn from their mistakes because oh, if 
if they never make a mistake, they're not going to learn from it. So Right. And is, is this where you come along and, and you kind of have to be the mediator for both sides? Do they bring it to the teacher or can they kind of work it out on their own? Both. I mean, we see both things. Sometimes yeah. we see very quickly, you know, them work it out on their own and go back and play and do their thing. Other times it seems to be a bigger deal or it's kids that don't normally play together and then they are. And so then it's like, ah, like this just happened and we need your help. And so that's when we get to come along and yeah. talk them through it. And, you know, with kindergarten, I mean, re- refresh me, but I mean, it, they they probably didn't go all the time like first grade. So this is like the first first year where they really are there from 8 to 3.30 kind of thing. And so there's probably some, you know, getting used to being away from mom and dad for, a, yeah. you know, having a little homesickness. Do you have to deal with that? Um, yes. At the beginning, I'm sure. Yeah, at the beginning. I mean, in, when they make it through their kindergarten year, they've normally made it pretty okay. pretty well. Um, but in first grade, we, we deal a lot with helping them become independent, mm-hmm. um, whether that's with their work or, you know, with being a friend um, doing what they're supposed to be doing in PE and music and those kind of things. Um, and so independence is a really hard thing for them to learn, especially when something's hard. They want to just give up and throw in the towel. Right. And so I will say first grade independence is where we see the more of the tears and the, yeah. ah, I don't want to do this. Um, but yeah. So how do you handle that as a teacher? I mean, some there's probably some that's like a bundle of emotions. Oh, yeah. I mean, we... We have so many things, hats that we wear on a daily basis, but we do definitely have kiddos that have bundles of emotions. And so walking through that with them looks a lot like encouraging, mm-hmm. um, constantly encouraging them. You can do this. And even though it's hard, I know you got it. And being their biggest cheerleader when they just want to give up um, is also a big, big thing that helps them out a lot. Um, when they get angry, that's a little bit different. Um, when they get mad and frustrated, um, something that we're implementing at All Good this year is the calm down zone or the calm down corner. Okay. Um, and the that's, calm down zone. Yeah. yeah. And so it's been like the school has provided like a little box that has all these different things for the kiddos to use when they need their calm down time. <laughs> and so um, they have a special spot in the room that they know, hey, this is where I can go and take three minutes. They have a three-minute little timer in there. They flip it. It's like going in the penalty box in hockey. Is that kind of what it's (laughs) like? Yeah, yeah. Except they get to just take a deep breath and kind of get away from everything that stressed them out or made them feel that way. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's done really well, I feel like, for... The calm-down zone. Yeah. So when you come home in the evening after you've been teaching all day, uh, do you have to go into the calm-down zone? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the calm-down zone is nice for me at home as well. Um, Till my husband gets there, then it's like, woo, okay, got to do all the things now. So Uh, they call you Miss Olivia, or or can they say taboo? They can say taboo. Okay, you have to tell them exactly how to pronounce taboo. Oh, yeah. Um, I teach them a little easy thing. We do callbacks all the time in first grade to keep them engaged and, you know, like class, class. And they'll say, yes, yes. Um, I teach them, I'll say, I love you. And they say, Miss Taboo. Oh, and it goes together. Yeah. And that's a quick way for them to to recognize and know, hey, that's her name. So that's, they do a really good job at that. Oh, that's awesome. All right, we'll take a break. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters.
What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with the folks on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and we're talking with All Good Elementary School teacher Olivia Taboo, who teaches first grade at All Good Elementary. And Olivia, let's talk a little bit about uh, your background and kind of how you got into teaching. Where are you from originally? I'm from Cookville originally. I grew up here. I was a Parkview Panda oh, uh, growing up. And going then, back to the Rockets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was not a Rocket. <laughs> you were a Panda. I was a Panda. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I grew up, had great teachers out Parkview in elementary school. Then I went to Prescott when it was at Tech Yeah, for fifth and sixth grade. And then Avery Trace, then Cookville, and then Upperman. So wow. all the variety. There you go. So did you graduate from Upperman? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. What year did you graduate from Upperman? 26, no, twenty. 2015. Oh, gosh. 2015. It's not yeah. been that long. I know. You're I still know. young. It's weird, though. <laughs> uh. So uh, Parkview, wow, and then Prescott, and then Avery Trace, and then Cookville, and then Upperman, and then yeah. now you're teaching it all good. Yeah. Did you have a preference? Did you want to go back to Parkview and, and teach, or was it just wherever they had an open spot? Honestly, it was where the Lord wanted me. Um, That was my prayer. Um, Put me in a place that I can be uh, a light. And so I interviewed at several schools here all within two days. And um, all good called me first. (laughs) So that's where I ended up. Um, And actually, Miss Cannon, um, she is awesome. And I'm grateful for her leadership. And when she called me to tell me I got the position, she was like, it was just an overflowing joy when I interviewed you and I just knew you had to be here. And I was like, okay, this is the God, this is a God thing. Yeah. So that's how I ended up at All Good. And then I assume you went to Tennessee Tech. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tennessee Tech. And graduated from Tennessee Tech and then got your job there at All Good Elementary. Um, so growing up, did you always want to teach? I mean, is that something that you've always wanted to do when you were in high school? And of course you went to college to yeah. teach, but when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? I was little when I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I was at my grandma's house and I, you know, had all the stuffed animals out, yeah. you know, being the teacher Were you really? to the stuffed yes. animals. And I, that's just something that I always said. I love kids. I love the mentorship of that comes with that. Um, so yeah, getting to mentor love on kiddos, that's just something I've always been passionate about. So kind of always stuck. I yeah. knew that's where I, that's what gifts God had given me. So I was right. going to use them. Now, where'd you do your student teaching at? I did um, my student teaching. I did at Baxter Primary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really little. The, li- the little oh, littles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was in kindergarten with Christina Penley. She was 
an amazing resident teacher. I was super thankful for her. She taught me a whole lot about teaching, but also organization. Her classroom was organized to a T. You could find anything really? in there. It was pretty amazing. So obviously Patience Cannon, who is the principal at All Good Ele- Elementary School, has been somewhat of a mentor. But from a teaching perspective, who has really been a mentor for you? My greatest mentor would be Hunter Zanardi at All Good Elementary School. Um, she loves Jesus, mm-hmm. and she loved me. And I remember my very first year, it was one of my hardest years teaching, as every teacher walks right. through. Um but I was having family things at the same time. And I remember her um, coming to my room and we were talking about, you know, all these things. And she looked at me and she said, did you plan your lesson for tomorrow? I was like, seriously? And uh, I was like, well, (laughs) and she was like, Hey, you need to like plan. That's what helps you do all the things that you get to do. And that's when I realized like planning was the most important part. I could go through the motions and, read the book but if I hadn't planned and made it exciting and fun then the kids weren't going to grasp you know what I wanted them to grasp and so her leadership and love and just encouragement throughout teaching at All Good has just been the sweetest thing and to go and watch her teach her kids you know that she's planned it all out right. and so that's been uh, just something I'm I'm truly grateful for awesome well, tell us a bit about your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe your maiden name is Crossman. Yeah. And uh, now you're a Taboo. Uh-huh. So obviously there's a, a man there that changed that name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so my family, I, my parents, Kenny and April Crossman, you know, they lived in Cookville. I have a brother. We're 10 years apart. Um, his name's Brandon. He was a pretty good play, uh, baseball player at Cookville High School. Oh, yeah. For those of us who remember. Tech. Woo. Yes, in yeah. Tennessee Tech. Yes. Um, so he um, he's pretty great. I love love that we have a great relationship. Yeah. And then um, when I was a junior in high school, I met Seth, and that's my husband. And we got married my um, sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 20 at the time. And then, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Six years later, still married and loving every bit of it. Um, I have great in-laws. Yeah. Steve Taboo at the River I was is say, my father You are a PK in-law. Yeah, yes. PK in-law. Yes, exactly. So how is it being a PK in-law? Awesome. I <laughs> I do not have anything. I couldn't say anything bad about them. Oh, they yeah. love me well, um, point me to Jesus constantly. And so... Um, yeah, I love my love my family on both sides. We have great support system. And yeah, our family dynamic just changed a little bit. Seth and I are foster parents. Congratulations. And so that has been a new journey for us that we're walking in. So All right. Yeah. What well, can you say anything about them? Yeah, we have a 10-year-old little boy. He is, he's also a student at All Good. Okay. And so um that yeah, we've he's lived with us for about three and a half weeks. Really? Um, wow, this is new. Yeah, very new. And yeah. so, um, but it's been very sweet. Seth and I have grown a lot in um, loving well and what loving a kid in your home looks like. I've experienced the when I give children homework and now they have to actually do it at home and I'm experiencing it for the first time. Um, so that's been, it's been a sweet journey for me as a teacher too, to like, 
oh my gosh, I got to look at the grades and like see what they are right. and, and know like this is what parents feel like on yes. the other side because I haven't had that yet. It gives you a new perspective. Yeah. So that's been, it's been a good part of our journey. Oh, that's awesome. I would say. Yeah. Now what grade is he in? He's in fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. Is he going to go to all good middle school? Yes. As of right now, that is the plan. Yeah. So, yeah, so you have to, you know, get on power school and check his grades and do all the things that, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and ask all the questions, you know, did you study for Did you go to a parent-teacher conference? No, not yet. (laughs) Um, I have talked to his teacher. We're pretty good friends, and so she's great about, hey, maybe you need to read this tonight. Like, oh, thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, she's awesome. Do you think it would help teachers if – uh, and I know several, there are several teachers that have kids in the Putnam County school system, but to be parents and to be teachers, do you think that gives teachers a, a, a different perspective? I 100% think that it gives teachers a different perspective. I think young teachers that don't have kids, there's so much more you can pour into your planning time. Mm-hmm. Um, as as far as that goes, you are much more vibrant and excited about all these things um, because you're not having kids at home and at school. Right. But I will say from the perspective of having a child at my house and teaching, there is a lot that kind of goes with both of those things. And I mean, planning is always going to be important. And I think when we plan at home and they're doing their homework, it kind of just shows like, Hey, I have to do my job at home too, even though I've been at school all day. And so that kind of just shows them, Hey, there's a work ethic that has to come. In life. Do you like to do anything at home besides plan? Um, I grade papers. <laughs> I'm talking about from a fun perspective. Oh, oh, um, <laughs> yes. Um, I love to play pickleball. Oh, yeah. Um, Seth and I play together, and so that's been a lot of fun. We are teaching our little kiddo how to play, and that's been a, a journey. That's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we love to just sit on the couch and watch a good show and eat popcorn. Yes. That's, a, that's love something that we love. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. Yeah. We have a dog. We love to take him for a walk sometimes too. Awesome. We're talking with Olivia Taboo. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and we're talking with a teacher from Allgood Elementary, Miss Olivia Taboo. Olivia, we've, we've been talking about so many great things, and yes, it is good to be able to sit on the couch and have some popcorn and watch a good show and you're foster parenting and you're teaching first grade and you're doing all this stuff. How, now that you've been teaching for a while, how do teachers avoid burnout? How do you, you know, just not want to pull your hair out sometimes when all 17 of your first graders have just, you know, can't settle down and you come home and it's like, yeah, there's life is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, that's a great question. Burnout is a hard thing, and everybody's going to experience it at a different time. Um, for me, I think after my first year, I was like, is this for me? What is happening? Because things were just so hard, and there sure. was so much going on. Um, but I would say it was the desire to walk in and see the kids light up or learn something new. And so I had to kind of take a step back and look at my purpose And kind of just reevaluate why do I do what I do? Mm -hmm. Um, Why do I love what I do? And and that for me kind of puts it in perspective. And almost once a year, I have to just take a step back and say, hey, like, I love what I do because I get to impact the lives of kids. Mm -hmm. And I need to come from a perspective of that, not, oh, my gosh, I have 
10,000 papers to grade and they're not listening and my other teacher friend is driving me crazy or, you know, whatever it is. And I love all my teacher friends. So, but it gets a lot and it becomes overwhelming or the data is not what it should be. And so you're like, well, it'll never be there. Like they're, you know, they're here or they're low or, and I think, you know, that's, kids are more than a number and they're, a living human being that wants to be loved just like I do. And so <laughs> that's the perspective to avoid burnout. I just have to remind myself of where and why I started. Yeah. And I know, you know, uh, marrying a PK, marrying into, <laughs> you know, uh, a pastor family, a big pastor family, yeah. uh, your faith is very important to you mm-hmm. and that you, there are other teachers at all good elementary school that you're able to share that with. Uh, you know, we've we've had some yeah. of those on there to talk about those things. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, Kelly Phillips is our school counselor at Allgood Elementary. Mm-hmm. Great mentor. Brought FCA, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes, to Allgood Elementary um, several years ago. And then um, about two or three years ago, my best teacher friend and I, her name's Alicia Cade. She was yeah. on here. And um, they asked us to take over. Um because Kelly had, she's growing her little family. And, <laughs> and so it was kind of our turn to step up. And so we did, and we were just praying like, God, what do you want us to do here mm-hmm. at All Good? How can we impact our kids? How do we impact our teachers um, and our admin too? And so of course, FCA, we meet once a month at the school and kids get to hear from a different um, children's pastor once a month. So that's pretty sweet. And we have, we started, um, with about 50 to 70 kids. And right now with everybody has to turn in paperwork now, um, with a new state law Mm -hmm. and with our paperwork that we've had turned in, we have 168 kids in all good FCA, which is amazing. That's That's some crazy numbers, but it's so cool to see. And so we started that. We also prayed and felt like the Lord led us to, um, have a teacher Bible study throughout the summer. So we meet twice. We meet once in June and once in July, and we just dig into a Bible study, hear about other teachers and what they walk through. And then Alicia just felt like the Lord told her, um, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you just praying? And so we will will walk through the school and prayer walk. Um, and then we realized that the time that we picked wasn't working for a lot of teachers that wanted to come. So we changed it up this year. Mm-hmm. And we've had over 20 teachers come on a Wednesday afternoon and just sit and pray for each other. And it's just been like something you can't imagine that God would do at your school. And so we've got to pray for people in the hard times. And we have a group message of everybody that is involved with our, we call it leaders in the word. That's our little group name. But um, we have over 38 teachers and staff and faculty involved and, um, Sometimes it's just people send a verse through there like, hey, I, this just stuck out to me. And sometimes it's like, hey, my mom is really sick and we need prayers. Can you please pray? Yeah. And so it's been super sweet. Um, we've also got opportunities to bless teachers within our building that are walking through circumstances mm-hmm. that are less than ideal. And it's something that God just kind of flourished and has been a beautiful thing um, for our faculty and for our staff and Certainly nothing Alicia and I did for sure. We just prayed and asked God and he showed up. So um, that's been super sweet um, for us to get to experience together. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you know, maybe more more teachers will, 
will come on. Maybe it'll go to other schools too. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. It's actually been pretty amazing. Um, my father-in-law asked Alicia and I, Alicia and I went on a mission trip with Steve and he was like, hey, could you guys make a video for us <laughs> about Life Church in the River? And yeah. we are like, oh, sure. And so we made a video and we had um, three different teachers reach out to us across the county that they wanted to bring FCA into their school. And so awesome. it was just like, maybe that whole video yeah. was nothing that we could even fathom of what it was for. Right. And so that was pretty sweet too, just to see, okay, you're going to move yeah. and it's going to be something we can't <laughs> control. So we're, we're just excited to see what God's going to do next in our city. That is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to uh, talking about education and we're, we're talking about teaching styles or philosophies. Mm-hmm. If you had to characterize your teaching philosophy or your style, what would that be? If I had to characterize my style of teaching, it would be a constant energy. That is my <laughs> style. My style is very constant energy, positive. Um, let's get to the next thing um, and do what we're supposed to be doing and encouraging. I, I feel like... Also, quality over quantity is a lot of my teaching style. Like, let's do it right and do it well and teach it well instead of let's do 12 worksheets and make sure you got it. Like, I'm very hands-on. I love the activities and, um, yeah, that kind of style of teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you – has – Education changed a lot in the the six years that you've been teaching. Do you think it's 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 gotten different? Has it gotten harder? Has it gotten easier? I mean, kind of evaluate, you know, what it's looked like to you in the last six years. Um, over the last years, um, it's definitely it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Um, first year teachers. We're praying for you. Yeah. Like it's hard. Um, and bless I would your heart. Say, yeah, bless your heart. Um, I would say the CKLA, it depends what grade level you teach as far as reading and that goes. But I mean, I love first grade CKLA. That's something it's what's getting TKLA. CKLA. CKLA. It's um the, it's their reading, their skills as okay. far as phonics. And then um, we have a knowledge portion. So that gives them a domain about something specific. Um, sometimes it's standards related. Sometimes it's not. It depends on what what kind of domain you're on. But mm-hmm. it gives them lots of knowledge about certain things. And so um, that's what CKLA is. And, and that part has been really sweet. The more you teach it, the more you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that part has become easier because I've taught it. This is my third year teaching first grade um, and kind of knowing what I'm doing. Sure. And so that's been really sweet to go from. And then as far as math, um, math is great. Math changed this year for the county. Okay. And so um, learning to adjust to the changes of that has definitely been a new challenge. But something that our kids – some of them are grasping it really well. Others were having to take it a step back, do that small group instruction that you're trying to fit in somewhere. Right. And so um, as far as it just getting easier overnight, I wouldn't say that. It's <laughs> it's definitely a gradual process. Well, where do you say if you if you had to look in your crystal ball and look, you know, three or four or five years down the road, what do you think that's going to look like? Yeah, Um I definitely think it's our kids are going to be more advanced than they've ever been. We we push a lot of things yeah. um, on our kids, especially at such a young age. And I mean, 
I'm, I see them being able to do things that I wasn't able to do till I was a lot older yeah. or skills they're going to acquire at a younger age that I didn't until I was older. And, and so I definitely see them progressing in that way. I see um, a lot. I feel like we're, as teachers, we're being heard a lot more like, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is a skill that doesn't match, yeah. you know, our standards. Can we look at this? And things are being reviewed at a deeper level. And so that's been good for for us to be able to feel like we've been heard has been really, really good. So I feel like that's going to continue, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about for you? Are you content uh, teaching first grade? Do you have any aspirations of wanting to teach other grades? Or, I mean... When you retire 30 years from now, it's going to be, oh, I was in Miss Taboo's first grade class, and half the county is going to come back and <laughs> say hi. I mean, I I don't know that <laughs> that will be where I'll always be, um, but I do love first grade, and I love um, getting to watch them learn how to read and grow and smile and I mean, all the things that they grasp when they're in my room is just something that's special. Mm-hmm. Um as far as continuing with that, my dream has always been to be a missionary. And I told Miss Cannon that a long time ago. Right. And I was like, you know, whenever the Lord calls and yeah. Hunter, my mentor, she looked at me and she's like, Livia, all good is your mission field. <laughs> she's like, you don't have to go anywhere. Um, so and it could be true. Yeah. And so that's that's what it's been yeah. for, for the last, you know, five years that I've been there. It's been the mission field. Um so I don't know, maybe the Lord will call me internationally and Seth that we'll see. But as of right now, it's loving my kids that I get to love at AES for sure. That's awesome. You could be teaching first grade in Uganda somewhere yeah. or in Africa or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you say that with a big smile too. Like that I would mean, frighten me to death, but you would probably be for it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I would be wherever, wherever <laughs> I felt led to go. All right. Olivia Taboo, first grade teacher at All Good Elementary. Thanks so much for being with us. It's been such a great uh, time talking to you and and hearing your thoughts and just uh, hearing all this stuff. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's all the time we got for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to again thank our guest, Olivia Taboo. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week, and God bless.